I do know about the Chinese language is that Mandarin and Cantonese are, are written the same, but they're spoken differently. Okay. Oh, they. We're not in trouble. I was real. I was pretty good when I was there. My Mandarin was not bad. Well, let's go. But no, it's like that was ten years ago, and like as soon as I, I know how to answer the phone. <laughs> where? 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 Is the Chinese language? Six, five. Welcome to How Did It Come To This, where historical experience is written in iron and blood and the news is written in historical experience. Sitting across from me is a woman who can never return to China, even if she wanted to, Siobhan Doherty. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, And next to me is a man who is scared that a trade war will make his computers more expensive. James Tuckwell, how are you? How you Uh, Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, So, this week... Uh, ScoMo, our illustrious illustrious leader, mm-hmm. Scott Morrison, Prime Minister of Australia, has defended our honour and demanded an apology for what he describes as salacious claims against our nation. Australia has awoken the tiger and it did not use a long stick to do so. The trade war between the nations has escalated and neither side appears to be backing down. But where did this come from? Has there always been animosity between us? How has our relationship changed? How, fa- how far back the Sino-Australian relations go? And why is Siobhan not allowed back in China? <laughs> Ultimately, how did it come to this? <laughs> oh, dear. I wasn't sure whether I was going to bring it up. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you did. It's a good story. It's, it, it's not that... Like, I mean, it's not that uh, salacious. I just, sure. I overstayed my visa by a few days. And um, when I left, when they finally let me go, they just kind of told me I was on a watch list and I probably wouldn't be welcome back to the People's Republic of China. Sure. Yeah. But I'd been living there for like five or six months and I was well over it. And so I was so close were, to being yeah. like, I don't even want to come back. But um, <laughs> I didn't. I just said, yes, thank you very much. And got on my plane to Korea. Yeah. And when we left. As you Korea. do with the men with the scary guns oh, are holding so you. So many scary guns and oh, <laughs> far out. Really, they are, uh, well, I mean, all border force officials can be very, very intimidating. Yes, they- they right? definitely so, can. That is very And true. I knew I was in the wrong um, and I knew that when I arrived. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened if I had just like booked the flight mistakenly or if there were no other flights available and I just had to do that. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, but it's funny. I just got told by all of the expats. They're like, just have cash there ready for a bribe. Like, you'll be right. Not a big deal. And I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 the People's Republic of China isn't known for their like forgiveness. No. <laughs> and the prison. I would be very, nice. I would be very scared to bribe an official, even I, if that's the dumb know, thing to do. I know. I didn't even attempt it. No. I, I just waited to see how things would go. My, sure. My dad was there and my my brother and um, he loves telling this story about I bet he does. how I was um, very, very scared yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> acting very timidly and <laughs> deferentially to these, these sure, men. So sure. yeah. Yeah. But anyway, very good. it sounds like not any Australians will be welcome soon. So well, I won't be alone. That is a definite possibility. I would think yeah. um, it's, it's been, it's been getting crazy. Um, so I've got, I've got an article that sort of sparked our idea for this. Mm. 
this episode, we, uh, we're looking at uh, an article from the Financial Review here. Uh, which was posted on December 2nd um, and it's titled WeChat Blocks Morrison in Doctored Image Dispute. Um, so the, the Chinese social media platform WeChat blocked a message by Prime Minister Scott Morrison amid the escalating dispute between Canberra and Beijing over the doctored tweeting of an image of an Australian soldier. Uh, China rebuffed Morrison's calls for an apology after its foreign minister spokesman Xiao Lijian posted the picture of an Australian soldier holding a bloodied knife to the throat of an Afghan child on Monday. Um, it is definitely um, an awkward yeah. situation at the minute, yeah. I feel. So we've been um, talking about doing an episode with China for a for while. For a while, yeah, yeah, for a long because, while. Because like these this, these tensions have been um, escalating and simmering for most sure. of this year. But then this happened this week and like, yeah. like well, we've well, got we're going to do it we now. We have to. We're going to do it now. Yeah. And so I, look, uh, once I'm going to, I'm going to say this again okay. <laughs> for the benefit of our listeners, uh-huh. which is that uh, obviously we don't do the current news item. So we're going to still we- steer well clear of the controversy at the minute yeah. and have a look at the controversy of the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so we're actually, we, it, we, well, we, like we did toy with the idea of like doing an episode on um, how Chinese, China has like violated human rights. And then we're like, that's a bit petty. And, <laughs> so- <laughs> and also that's kind of a downer. It is a bit of a downer. They don't and have after a our fun episode last week, I, I kind of felt like, uh, let's not go too down, no, shall we? No. Um, so what we are going to do, though, is we're going to look at uh, Sino-Australian relations yeah. or uh, Chinese-Australian relations mm-hmm. um, and, and look at kind of where that started and, and how, we, uh, how we got to this point. But uh, to get there, um, we're going to go back in time. We're going to go back all the way to 1700. Uh, and to get there, I've got some social music this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here we go. Oh, very lovely. There we go. Thanks. I do. I like Chinese music. Thanks, traditional Chinese musician. I don't know who you are because I got you off YouTube. Um, I'm sorry. But it was beautiful. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, so this week uh, we are talking about China and we are going to uh, going to be delving into kind of um, – what, what Australia and Chinese relations have been like. And uh, most people probably wouldn't be aware, but um, yeah, 1700 mm. um, are the earliest kind of known reports of Chinese people Coming migrating to Australia. To Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, lots of, lots of sort of, traders coming to yeah. sell their goods. Yeah. Um, from what I read, um, they tended to be people who came from like the south of China um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of it was in response to like um, violence and political and social upheaval in China at okay. the time. Um, and like what we know about the Qing dynasty, which yep. is uh, was in power from like 1644 mm-hmm. to 1912, they were the um, ethnic minorities, the Manchu who came from the north. Yes. So it makes sense to me that that like the people from the South were the first ones to leave because they came in like, so if it's 1700s, like the Qing have been in power for, you know, only 50 or so years and yes. starting to feel the, um, the, the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of, of Manchu rule. And so they, they look elsewhere, but like such incredibly brave people to, at that time, just pack up and yeah, leave just, and come to Australia of which all Which is like a weird like, thing to do. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know more about like the individuals. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I do, I do remember doing some things, especially cause the, the next kind of thing that happens is that there is the gold rush mm. in Victoria yeah. and, and sort of New South Wales and um and a lot of uh chinese traders come to 
make a profit off strike that. Strike it rich, um, yep. But also they come to, to strike it rich on the gold fields as well. And I, I do remember reading some stories about, you know, um, the Chinese guys who, who really, like, they really did it tough out here. Like, they yeah. came out to just, like, have a go. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> what do you mean people weren't friendly to them? No, they weren't. They weren't very friendly. Um, what hell unlike how 1800 yeah, I know, Australia. <laughs> I know. That's sad. Um, yeah, I read that too because I, I read that the, um, like, the Chinese who came to the gold fields were actually very clever and worked in teams. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so a lot of Australian diggers were really annoyed yeah. because the Chinese would find gold because yeah. they were working in teams. They were doing so well. And they share the, the yeah. profits but then you'd have these like you know individual yeah. Australian guys who were trying to find the massive nugget themselves yeah. and didn't yeah. um, so but I'm the Chinese sorry, guys were working in a team they're, finding they're, the little pieces of gold and, and making money their way was just smarter <laughs> like, yeah. yeah so um, yeah well, I can't pronounce the Aruluan gold fields in Victoria Araluan. Araluan, thank you yeah. Araluan. Um, yeah, that's where um, a bit of the, the friction and the tension and the violence happened. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, um, look, the, so because of that, um, by about 1861, there's like 40,000 Chinese people living yeah. in Australia, which is like, that's amazing to me. Well, it explains, right, why every country town, no matter how remote you go, has, has a, a Chinese, Chinese restaurant. restaurant. Like, yep. <laughs> which I found out bears no resemblance to actual Chinese food. No, in no way. It's no, very that's disappointing. Right. But um, It's very Western. <laughs> yeah, yes. Much more palatable, I think. But anyway, um yeah, so it's kind of an explanation for that. Yeah, yeah. So that was it was three three point three percent of the Australian population wow, during during that time. Like significant. That is a significant yeah. portion. Yeah. Um, and so the the Chinese people at the time they were really calling out for kind of representation of their yeah. own. Uh, and at the time too, obviously we were a colony of the British, mm-hmm. and so the British. They didn't care yeah. whether the Chinese were here or not and what they thought. No, um, they were too busy trying to take over actual China yeah, <laughs> at the time. Yes, yeah. that's what they were focused yeah. on. Um, and so I, I, I did read about how a lot of the a lot of the people who were living here mm. really wanted um, proper representation. Mm. Like um, an embassy. Like an embassy, thing. yeah. 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 Um, but they didn't get a, a Qing embassy mm. of any sort until about 1909. Yeah, that's the date I had as well. Um, which... Um, which was the first kind of, uh, well, the first Chinese embassy mm. in an Australia. But at that time too, we were still a dominion of Britain. So we'd become a nation. Yes. So we'd, we, we federated, federated in 1901. Yeah. So we become Australia. But, yeah. and this is one that I always found ridiculous, mm-hmm. was that Britain still set our foreign policy. Oh, I wasn't aware Did you know that? that? No, I didn't. Yeah, Britain still sets our foreign policy uh, until like 1940. Something like it was Ooh. during World War Two when Is we're it, like yeah when when Curtin was like no I'm not going to listen to you and bring yeah. the troops home because yeah the because the Japanese <laughs> the Japanese were invading yeah um, Papua New Guinea yeah. and we were like stuff this oh. we need our troops back and and so we did and that was the first time we'd broken with the British on yeah. foreign policy yeah see I knew that that was the first time we broke with them but I didn't realize that it was to the extent that the British dictated they were us. they were allowed to set oh. our foreign policy so okay we yeah. we always sort of teach it like we had a choice no we I didn't know. have a choice okay cool there was no choice cool <laughs> <laughs> um, right. so so yeah so there's there's a, uh, a I guess a, a Qing consulate in Australia um, yep. And there was uh, there was reluctance from the British Foreign Office office to approve yeah. such a move. <laughs> uh, um, and so you know the 
And around this time too, obviously the Chinese people, they really, really wanted the representation because there were now moves afoot yeah. amongst the Australian government mm-hmm. for the white Australia policy. Um, you mean the Immigration Restriction Act? Well, they're both different. <laughs> are they? Yeah, they are. The Immigration Restriction... <laughs> Let me start again. Say immigration Restriction Act in 1901 yeah. um, is the enactment of the official white Australia policy. Okay. So the policy itself was like a, a thought, range a range of things uh-huh. and the Immigration Act that was the legalisation of I the raft of policies that they wanted to enact. The White Australia policy was just kind of like the informal name we gave the whole idea of keeping Australia white. Uh, yes, but there was like a series, like was um, in official? the White Australia policy, there were like a series of different things that they wanted to do and, okay. the, and the Immigration Restriction Act itself was like the, the first legal mm. federal framework mm. For how we were going to do it, yeah. But yeah. like, given that context, it surprises me that we did have a, cons- a Qing Chinese consulate. Well, yeah, cause I think because like, I think the other thing too is I don't know. I couldn't actually find this out. Yeah, I wanted to find it out, but I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. If anyone, if anyone, fact checker, look at if anyone can James find this. James is James is ready. James is ready to see if he can find it. But I want to I want to see as well. Just if, hovering over the keyboard, ready to. If go. James can't find this, if you can it find it for exist. me, I would love for anyone to send me any information. So how did it come to this podcast at gmail.com? Uh, I tried to find why we didn't initially kick out Chinese citizens of Australia. Okay. Because, well, technically they weren't citizens at the time. So, like, why didn't we just get rid of them? If they were that keen on the white Australia, not not that I want them to get kicked out, but, like, (laughs) why didn't the people at the time just be like, Away. There must have been. There's got to be a reason. Legal, yeah. They must. And I don't have know what. I, I couldn't right find it. I couldn't find it. I was doing or, some quick research and I couldn't find it. So. Or my other thought is that actually, like, they were pretty good for business. Like, yeah, that that is a thought were, that I had. Yeah. So, like, maybe they were making money they for the just economy. Recognised that they were a bit an asset. And there wasn't that many of them. No. Like there was, it was a significant population, but it yeah. wasn't massive. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And there were, yeah, so there were, you know, I mean, there were Chinatowns in every major mm. city. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, I wondered that. I didn't, yeah. I wasn't sure mm. why, why that might have happened. That's a good thought. It, yeah. It's well an interesting done. question. I don't know. Yeah. So if anyone has any leads on that, yeah. send them in. I would love to, I would <laughs> and, love to know. And James will wait for your. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, just James, by the way, are you aware that your screen is off? I'm aware. Okay, good. Yeah. He's aware. That is good. He wants to do his researching sort of is, anon- is anonymously. Anonymous research. He wants to hit me. He wants to hit me with the facts straight up on the screen. Just be like, "You're wrong." Um, all right. So, okay. Um, yeah. So the, the Qing start their their consulate. Nine hundred nine. May May Kuang Tat was the first consul general, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, he doesn't last long because in nineteen twelve. <gasps> Revolution. The Qing Dynasty collapses. Yeah. Um, which, in large part, because of the British. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So I mean, they didn't want an embassy here, but yeah. we got one, and then yeah, and then the empire collapses the anyway. Yes. Um, yes. So I mean, this is something that we teach yeah. a lot of Siobhan, yeah. which yeah. is um, I love this topic. Yeah, yeah it's I an find it really one. interesting. Um, probably because it's not like what we were taught in school. Like sure. Year nine and ten, it was all just like federation up until like yep. today, and it was all and a little bit dry. But a lot um, of a lot of the stuff I read while researching this, um, there were there's two schools of thought yep. about um, some of the things that happened in the Qing dynasty and mm-hmm. the relationship with the West, mm-hmm. predominantly Britain, mm-hmm. um, and that is um, there's the traditional view that. Um, 
the Chinese were subjected to what is known colloquially as the century of humiliation. Yes. By the British. Yeah. Um, they rebel. And other, other. And others. And European others. European countries. Yeah. Um, they rebel. Um, and then that kind of sets their foreign policy framework mm. for the next hundred years. Yeah. Up till now. Yeah. Right. Um, but then there's a lot of other people who are like, nah, that, we think that's, that view's wrong. Okay. Um, and that um, we think that essentially the, um, the century of humiliation, while it was a big part of it, mm. China has always been of the mindset that they are the greatest empire in history mm. and that they should be recognised as such. Right. Um, I guess, like, it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Sure. Like, there, like, clearly is this belief in China, and I'm not sure if it's down to, like, every single individual Chinese person, but they really do think they are really important. And they they did all the way back in, like, the 1700s when, um, you know, Britain – because Britain started off diplomatically. Sure. Like, they send it en- – sorry, send it – wow. Uh, they sent envoys. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, they tried to negotiate and develop this relationship and um, so that would be mutually beneficial, mm. and the Chinese said no. Um, yeah. And so then they were like, okay – we're just going to trade opium now and, and like kind of got in yeah. that way. Um, like that's not to say that they wouldn't have done that anyway. Well, but I, I always felt like, especially when I teach it, I always feel like the, the main reason why the Chinese don't have to give up mm. is because they're so big. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's such a big empire. The landmass is huge. Mm. There's no way Britain's just going to waltz in and take and it over take like other it. countries yeah. did. Right. Yeah. They couldn't just do that like yeah. they did almost everywhere else in the world. Mm. Um, and so they had to kind of weasel their way into the whole trade negotiation thing, yeah. which is what they did. And then they yeah. found the sneaky way to kind of yeah. make them. Yeah, they acted super unethically and like caused yeah. a lot of devastation yeah. with the opium wars and and the subsequent rebellions and everything that happened in the 1800s in mm. China. Um, and, yeah, it was it was humiliating. And so, like, I can kind of see why China is the way it is today. And this is what I try to tell the kids too. I'm like, they have a long memory. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they remember this. And even though it seems like a really long time ago to you guys, um, it's not in terms of history. Like, yeah. And so it's quite recent. Especially with a, a country that's history is so long. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, a um, couple of thousand years of yeah. Chinese dynasties that mm. culminate in a humiliating end yeah. um, for them. Yeah. Um, so I, I can, I, I can, can see, see it. I can yeah. see it being yeah. the century of humiliation, yeah. being the igniting factor in some yeah. of these things. Yeah. Um, and so, so yep. Like, well, one of the events that we were then involved in was that Boxer Rebellion. The Boxer Rebellion. Yeah. yeah. So like 1901, um, it is just after uh, this whole century of embarrassing defeats and um, the, oh, I forget the province that they came from. Oh, Shandong. Shandong. So they came from the, so these boxers, they call, it's called the Boxer Rebellion and that's kind of the um, the Western word, yes, like yes. terminology for it. Um, they were martial artists mm-hmm. who believed they were impervious to bullets. Sure did. And they were- Was from, that- do I remember rightly? They they wore red for that purpose. Yes, I think. So. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fact checker. Um, open up a new tab. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So and they um, they sort of formed a band and started like moving like Shandong's in the north, moving south towards like Beijing, and their goal was to expel the foreigners and the Qing. I think. Yeah, they yeah. didn't want either of them. Yeah. Um, but again the Qing then end up supporting them yeah, um, because 
they're it winning. Was, yeah, <laughs> they, they were doing pretty well. They so, were. For people who were believed themselves impervious to bullets. Um, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, so. um, and so I, um, we we were very, very eager, Australians. What do you mean? We were very <laughs> eager to go and please our Dominion masters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sent- 1901, we're like, we've we got We sent some contingents. Well, well it, was pre, it was pre-1901, it was in 1900 yes, when we true. said that we would send some because yeah. we didn't have, there was no army. Yes. We sent the New South Wales Regiment and we sent yes. the Victorian Regiment. Yeah. Um, so there were individual armies yeah. for individual states or colonies at the time. there were already forces in the Boer War as well. There were. Right? We had forces yeah. in the Boer War in yeah. 1899. Yeah. Um, and so it was a similar thing then. Mm. We sent individual colony yeah. forces yeah. to those things. But, yeah, yeah. We, sent, we sent a contingent. Um, and when we sent them, I think uh, – About a 1,000 people. What did I read here? So, um, yeah, so March 1900 was when we decided to send some troops um, and we were, we were very keen, like I said. Um, but <laughs> the, bulk of our for, the bulk of our forces were still engaged in the Boer War. Yes. Um, and so on the 8th of August 1900, we sent some troops um, and on their arrival, uh, the British officially get 300 uh, New South Wales troops mm-hmm. um, to go be part of a force of 8,000 troops from Russia, Germany, Austria, British, India, and China serving under British officers. The Eight Nation Alliance, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we went with them, but uh, we didn't see any action. Missed the action. <laughs> um, the, the battle was over by the time we got yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then the Victorians also got involved in the uh, siege of the Boxer Fortress at Pouting Fu. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there wasn't really any action no, there either. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we, we finally um, were involved in the shooting by firing squad of some Chinese that were caught setting fire to some buildings. There you go. Um, so that was the action that we saw was being part of a firing squad. So that's cool. That's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not the worst executions that we've seen from the Boxer Rebellion. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's um, but um, so I did, I did discover six Australians die. Oh, from illness. But they die of sickness and injury. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's uh, not funny. But. None, none are killed as a result of enemy action. Yeah. Um, and then they, they come home. Yeah. Um, and so they sailed. They went for nine months. Yeah. Um, so when they sailed, they sailed from their colonies, yeah. but they returned to a federated Australia. There you go. And Queen Victoria had died. <gasps> Surely they heard about that. I'm sure they heard about it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it would have been, 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 been a very different Would have yeah. been a very different Australia yeah. to return to. Yeah, big deal. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Um, James is fact-checking me on – okay, so – Many of the Qing officials at this time apparently began to believe that the boxer rituals actually did make them impervious to bullets. So it wasn't only the boxers that believed yeah, it. The, yeah, the Qing officials. The Qing thought they did too. There yeah. you go. Yeah, the righteous and harmonious militia. I love that name. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think that's if very fun. If we ever form a militia, let's call it that. Sure. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. And then, um, so, yeah, the, the Qing dynasty falls in 1912. Yep. And we've got a period of instability. Yes. Where Australia doesn't really know who, well, Australia recognises the Republic of China. We support the Republic of yeah, China. Yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, essentially does take control yeah. of China yeah. um, for what's that, like 30 years, something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think it's quite an unstable period of time. Like It is very they're, unstable. They're yeah. not able to get like, they don't have complete control. Broad, they don't have broad yeah. support. Yeah. Um, 
Because also, of course, again, the size of China. Yeah, and on, on, on a side note, I wasn't really going to get into this, but um, I do remember that when um, when the uh, the communist um, forces yeah. led by Mao, yeah. um, they, they rally their forces in the country areas yeah. um, mm. before they come in. They go on a march that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, yeah. um, they're, they're um, gathering supporters and, mm-hmm. and leading them into – to the revolution, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they didn't have complete control, but yeah. uh, Australia did support them. Yeah. Um, and we we set up another embassy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, too, we have the first kind of major Chinese organisation setting itself up in Australia. Oh, okay. Um, which is the Chinese Nationalist League. All right. Um, it's like which really is, cool. Which was, it was actually, a, it later becomes a branch of the, the Kuomintang Okay. Um, and they were formed in Sydney in 1916. Cool. Um, and they managed to uh, keep kind of um, get a sort of a relaxation on the racial exclusion of Chinese people. Okay. Which is pretty interesting. That's, yeah. Which they must, have, big, they must have had some sway. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm assuming that they, again, it's probably the money thing, mm, I think. Well, no. <laughs> it um, does talk. Yeah. And so by 1924, there were uh, like 200 Chinese students arriving in Australia to study yep. already. So yeah. we, we were receiving, we've been receiving Chinese students for a long time. There you go. So I didn't That's, know that. No, I didn't know that either. Um, which is pretty interesting. Cool. Um, and then of course there, there was some, again, <laughs> conflict between Britain and China um, <laughs> in the 1920s. Yeah. Um, and lots of things kind of interfered in, in yeah. our kind of bilateral well, relations Britain there. was against all of this like all the time because it threatened everything that they yeah. had worked so hard, so hard to gain for. in China. That's right. Um, yeah, because this independence movement, they wanted their country back. Yeah. So, yeah, of course Britain's against it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there was a whole bunch of things going on in like Hong Kong mm. that <laughs> threatened Britain's interest in Hong Kong. Of course, yeah. they had the 100-year, no, the 99-year lease going on yeah, yeah. Um, with China. Mm. Uh, and so, um, yeah, the, there was there was just like a bunch of like, I guess the British were really upset with China in a lot of ways yeah. for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and we got caught in the middle of that because mm-hmm. obviously we were like, still mommy, beholden. Mummy and daddy are fine. Yeah, yeah it, was little, it was a little bit like that. A little bit like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, well, if we fast forward to... 1941. 1941. Um, so Australia uh, in 1941 established greater independence in its foreign affairs. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what I mean is we said, stuff you, Britain, we're going alone. Um, <laughs> and by going alone, we mean America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we, uh, we also kind of um, during that time we were like, well, um, we need to – we need to exert ourselves yeah. in the Asian region yeah. because the Japanese are just, yeah. they're flogging us everywhere. Yeah. Um, the Japanese were really marching wherever yes. they wanted to. So by the um, end of 41, Pearl Harbor has been bombed. Yep. Um, early 42 is when Singapore falls, Darwin's bombed. Yep. Um, and we really are quite desperate. We're in trouble. Desperate for We're in trouble. Yes. Um, and so, but in 1941, we actually established diplomatic relations again. With, with China. The, with China. Yeah. Um, and we sent a guy, uh, Frederick Eccleston. Hey, Freddie. Um, 
from he, he headed the Commonwealth Grants Commission. There you go. <laughs> um, and he goes, he goes to, to China. Okay. Um, in the middle of World War Two. Yeah. So well, I didn't, parts I didn't of China, know that. Yeah, parts of China are being <laughs> occupied by Japan. Yeah, so some parts are, some parts yeah. aren't. Yeah. Um, and, um, and they've also got their like communist revolution going on. Going on still. at the same time. So yeah, yeah. what's happening in There's China? There's a lot at that going time? on. Yeah. A lot going on. Yeah. Uh, and so, so what was his role? Uh, so he was the first minister to China. Okay. Was his and title. What did that entail? Uh, essentially, he was an ambassador without the title of ambassador, okay. I guess yeah. you would say. Yeah, just establishing a commu- representation communication. of Australia. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, but of course, that time was limited too because in 1949. <laughs> so the war's over. The war's over. Yeah. Um, and in 1949, uh, the People's Republic of China is, is formed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Republic of China, their government flees to Taiwan. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, Interesting times for China. It was. Yeah. yeah communist takeover. Yeah. And, um, and of course, we like many other countries, recognised the Republic of China yeah. for a long time. For a long time, yeah. Um, yeah. Even, well, I think even after Britain and France and other countries finally Well, so the UK proposes in 1949 yeah. that Britain, Australia and New Zealand should simultaneously recognise the new government. However- I think that's so funny. It's like, hey, guys, guys, if we do it together- let's, do, yeah, let's, let's just do it together. I don't want to go first. You do it together. Yeah, that's right. So like, let, let's all- okay, It's ready? such a teenager One, move. two- No, 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 don't back out. Don't back out. <laughs> don't back out. Guys, guys, we're doing this together. And then we just push Britain in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's for all the pushing us around for the yeah. last couple of hundred years. Yeah, so we were concerned about electoral repercussions at the time. Yeah, um, okay. because communism was a topical issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were really scared of communism. We were, weren't we? we were. <laughs> yeah. um, so I did. Uh, I did take note that Ben Chifley, who was prime minister uh-huh. at the time, um, he preferred to be. He was realistic about yeah what was going to happen. Yeah, but he also knew that. It if wouldn't he, be popular. It would not be popular. Yeah. Um, and especially with all the anti-communist re- rhetoric from the United States at the time as well. Yeah. Um, Who's our new best friend, so we don't want to annoy them. We don't want to annoy them. Yeah. We don't want to annoy them. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the United States withholds recognition as well. And then, of course, by the time we get into the 1950s, early 1950s, the Korean War yeah. breaks out too. And yeah. so any kind of chance that the new communist regime in China had of being legitimised. Yeah. Kind of flew out the window. Because mm. um, then not long after that, you got Vietnam. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and we're not friends with Russia. Um, we're not friends yeah. with Cuba. We're not friends with like all these communist nations oh. that are that are around. Um, the Cubans are so fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, uh, we, we refused to accept ambassadors mm-hmm. from them. Um, and... I think I read somewhere too, like, so this is a period of time in Australian history where the Liberal Party, um, like, has their, like, decades of dominance. Yes. And the Labor Party yes. wanted to acknowledge the People's Republic of China and saw that as the pragmatic way forward. Yes, they did. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of, yeah, uh, I think they knew that um, if, if we were going to have stability in the mm. region, that, yeah. that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, we didn't. We we kept the the diplomatic mission mm. was allowed to stay. Yep. But there was no ambassadors. Okay. So, so there was a diplomatic mission from China. Just an empty building, or uh, well, I don't know. I don't know who was here. Um, Some secretaries. I did. Well, I did say it was headed by a, a charge d'affaires. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. It's French for a guy in charge yeah. of affairs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming. Yep. Sounds about right. Um, and also, but we also didn't recognize the government in Taiwan either. Okay. 
So we're yeah. kind of like, let's just not do any of that. <laughs> we'll just we'll wait just, and see what happens. We'll guys. hold off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we were just holding off for ages. Yep. We didn't really want to do any of it. Yep. Um, and during the Cold War, um, of course, we swing further towards the United States. Um, oh, here you go. The Labor Party's official policy from 1955 mm-hmm. was that Australia should follow the example of Britain and France and recognise the PRC. From 55? From 1955. Oh, my goodness. That's so early. Yeah. Um, and I- then, you know, that. so, yeah, like you said, the Liberals um, play up the perceived threat of communism for electoral advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, oh, so here you go. Uh, Harold Holt, the Prime Minister, uh, explicitly recognised the continuing legitimacy of the ROC government in Taiwan in 1966 and then sent an ambassador to Taipei in 1966. Yeah. So it's like, that's well, kind in of 1966, we, yeah, we've just committed to Vietnam. And we had, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway. So it was, it was very much, you know, yeah. Yeah. Let's go do it, I guess. Um, <laughs> we were eager again. We were. So eager. Let's eager to please we are, <laughs> aren't we? It's a little bit sad sometimes. sometimes. I don't know. It makes me a bit embarrassed. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway. And then Billy McMahon comes to power mm-hmm. um, and he – tries to improve the non-official relations with China. Yeah. So kind of no, just quietly like let's trade and culture. Let's just, you know, we'll get things talking again. Yeah. Um, But China didn't really care for that. They (laughs) weren't receptive. Actual actual recognition would be Um, great, please. They wanted diplomatic recognition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, they've been in power for nearly 20 years now. They had by that point. Um, So I guess it was, um, you know, yeah, that was a big deal for them. It's fair enough. It was. And then, of course, uh, it was- so yes a golf becomes prime minister and um and he visits china first but australian prime minister to visit china he went before. He went as the um, opposition leader. He did go as the opposition leader. That's true. Seventy-one. Seventy-one. Yep. 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 And he. So he was kind of. He went before Kissinger. Even. He did go yeah. before Kissinger. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which so is enlightened. Yeah. So wise. Um, and and set up a, a diplomatic relations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ceased. So we ceased to re- recognize. The, the Republic, Republic of China, China. Um, and yeah, official diplomatic char- ties with the People's Republic yes. uh, of China. Yeah, um, recognizing that it was the most beneficial thing for Australia and China and the region yeah. for us to be friends. That's right. Yeah, yeah, um, and apparently, so I read um, there was there was quite a quite a bit of excitement that yeah. we were opening up to China. Yeah, um, it was it was a bit of a well, it's just something new and different, you know. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, so from that time forward, um, we've been increasing all sorts of things. So from that time on, from what I could read, like until recently, we had quite good relations with China. Yeah. Um, we didn't tend to challenge them too much on, um, you know, things that we didn't like so much about their regime, um, and just focused on, uh, positive economic and political uh, relations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, and <laughs> like, I think, um, yeah, I think we, we kind of, we found the sweet spot between being an ally of the United States. Yep. Um, but also knowing our place in our region. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we start. And having a sweet, sweet trading partner. We do. 
um, for that sweet, sweet mining dollar. <laughs> that sweet, sweet mining dollar. Um, <laughs> and wine. All <laughs> well, the wine. Um, and um, yeah, so I think like you know, a, a couple of a couple of our prime ministers since have talked up mm. economic relations with China. Yeah. Um, well, I was really surprised. Actually, not really surprised, but. Um, so before he was prime minister, Turnbull like set up a successful company in China mm. and like his son is married to a Chinese woman. Like, you sure. you know, I think a lot of his wealth came from that. Was that Turnbull? I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, cause, cause Kevin Rudd's daughter is married to a Chinese well, woman Well, yes. And then you've got Rudd who like yeah. just seemed to love all things he loves Chinese all and he yeah. was our first prime minister to speak fluent Mandarin. Fluent Mandarin. Yeah. Um, and was very like pro China. Yep. Um, yeah. With all of his you know, foreign policy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, like, I, I think it started to turn around 2009. So like from the seventies, eighties, nineties, all mm-hmm. great booming, sure. uh, lots of mining. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then from 2009, um, there were a few like espionage cases yeah. uh, where like Australians were detained, um, in China on, uh, charges of espionage. Um, and then, um, Turnbull in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, when he was prime minister, we became one of the firmest critics of Chinese territorial expansion in the South China Sea. Yeah. Cause that was one of the things that, um, that I like was having a look at too, was the, oh, what do they call it? It's the Chinese, oh, it's like the Chinese salami slicing or it's something, it's it got a weird name, okay. but it's the, the idea is. The idea is that you do a bunch of things in the South China Sea mm. that aren't in and of themselves illegal or controversial. Yeah. But when you put the them all together. accumulation of all those things together yeah. means that you take over the South China Sea. Yeah. Okay, Isn't so it that's, like artificial island building? Yeah, so they've done some artificial island building. Yeah. They've done some um, – they've kind of just um, artificially inflated their borders yeah. without kind of doing any – like they just patrol these areas and be like, get out. Yeah. It's China. Yeah. Um, and so they've, yeah, they've done a bunch of things that we like, yeah. we kind of look at and go, oh. Yeah. I remember at uni um, I did international studies and we were taught there are like five at the time there were five. Oh, it is. I was right. China's it's China salami, salami slicing. Slide. There you go. Thanks, I told you. fact checker. <laughs> Small actions performed by China, none of which serves as casus belli by itself an act or event that provokes or is used to justify war, but that cumulatively produces a much larger action or result in China's favour that would be difficult or unlawful to perform all at once. Yeah. I mean, it's clever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But um, is it ethical? Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a good question. Um, I forget what I was saying though. Um, You distracted me, James. Distracted me. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So look, I mean, yeah. And we, we start to, I think we were were talking about like things that kind of started to turn us against them. Yeah. I was talking about flashpoints and how the South China Sea was was one one of those flashpoints. And then then from 2017 was mm. when we had those investigations into Chinese influence of Australian politics. So that was was a four corners investigation. And then that's kind of been in the news on and off. That's been big. Ever since. Like there really has been a lot of evidence that they're they're, they're planting. Yeah. They're like (laughs) planting people in our, in our political structures. Yeah. Um, There's, there's also been, there's like, there's obviously always talk about, um, the Chinese buying land in Australia and yeah. there's always talk about their their use of um, 
So actually, I have a yeah. statistic on that. In 2018, um, polling people, I think it was the Lowy Institute mm-hmm. were, were doing mm-hmm. some polls, and um, by 2018, 72% of pollers said that the Australian government is allowing too much Chinese investment in Australia, yeah. so, and that had risen quite steeply from yeah. like 40 or something. There's always talk about that. I don't think, if I remember correctly, last time I looked into it, it's not that big a deal. Mm. I don't think they own yeah. necessarily that much. No. And um, it seems like maybe a big deal when you live somewhere like Sydney where you see it a lot, yeah, sure. but like, you know, when you sure. go out. Like- um, but I also, yeah. So some of the other things that I thought about were, um, we were the, we were the first, we were the leaders against Huawei, oh, the mobile yes. phone company yes. um, and their 5G rollout yep. and, and how we, we knew that they had been using technology like that to spy mm. on foreign governments mm. for a while. And so yeah. we we're like, no, nah, we don't want your 5G in our country. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so like how I kind of see it is that this souring of relationships over the last decade has come from like China, like increasingly throwing their weight around. Sure. Uh, but then us also increasingly saying, can you stop that please? Yeah. Like, and it, it's just, it's grown over time. Yeah. Like, and look, I might be, I might be proved very, very wrong later on. Okay. But I've always said for a while that this feels to me like a bit of appeasement. Yeah. What we do, what we do with China, like yeah, pr- prior to what we've done yeah. now, yeah. like right now, yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of what we've done with China is like, mm. oh, you're taking over, you're building islands in the South China Sea. Oh, okay, well, we don't really like it, but you know, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> like, and then before we know it, he's invaded Poland. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna, I was like wondering when is Poland gonna come into this? Yeah, <laughs> um, sorry, yeah. Polish listeners, I do love you. No, you're right. It it does sort of feel a bit like that. Um, um but. But I've, I've, again, I feel like, you know, maybe maybe that's why we are standing up to them now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the mind of Scott Morrison is like at the minute. No. Um, I think he maybe didn't need to respond. It seemed like a, a petty, stupid little thing on Twitter that he sure. could have left to somebody else. Sure. Like it needed to be dealt with, but like having the Prime Minister respond as strongly as he has, yeah. like gives it more oxygen than it, gives it deserves. Weight, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so James has checked, yes, there is a uh, ongoing downward trend in the value of Chinese investment in Australia. Um, in Australia. Mm. Um, oh, that's it's significant. Um, it halved in a year from twelve billion to six billion. Yeah, that's yeah. There you go. So, I guess I don't know. It's not as big a deal as maybe people. not. Yeah, maybe not. Um, but I do. I, I must say um, that when every time, because I, I get this question every time in my classroom, mm. uh, especially with seniors, yeah. is, um, sir. Who's going to start the next world war? Oh, they, oh, they love that. They love that question, <laughs> right? They love it. Um, and you always say China. <laughs> and well, I'm, I'm always, I always bring up the fact that I feel like at this point in time, if you were going to pick anyone, yeah. I would pick China. Yeah. Um, I tell you what though, having lived there, they need our wine. Their Do wine they? is terrible. Is it? It's so bad. Yeah. Like they've got their like traditional wine, which is a completely different like mm. drink, but like Chinese, like it's like alcoholic Ribena. It's just, <laughs> oh, so I'm like, like I, I, I believe they also need our iron ore, but like seriously, they need our wine. Yeah, right. Like sure. although when I was there, like paying 20 or $30 for a bottle of Yellowtail really rubbed me the wrong way. Of course. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I reckon if we wait it out, they'll come back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really great at predicting future <laughs> trends. 
<laughs> much more of a historian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I am like, this does interest me. Yeah. Our, our relations yeah. with China. Yeah. So. Well, so I've just got some fun facts about China. Should oh. we just wrap up with that? Fun facts. Fun facts. With Siobhan. Yeah. So did you know if you put all of China's railway lines together, it can loop around the earth wow. two times. Ooh. Two times. <laughs> that's big. Wow. I know. That's amazing. This one really got me. How many time zones do you think China Oh, It's going to be decent. I'm going to say five. Five. James, do you have a guess? Eight. Eight. Do you have like a ba-bow? I don't. Oh, I'll just have unfortunately. to do it. Ba-bow. One. One time zone. One time zone. Oh, they're one of those countries. Yeah. Like, no, everyone's in the same time zone, yes. everyone. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, maybe that's just what they say. One China, one, <laughs> one time, time zone. zone. <laughs> <laughs> it would be too much. Yes, one time zone. There you go. Because, I mean, they're- they're, they'd be about as wide as Australia, wouldn't they? Yeah. And we've got three time zones. I know. It's, yeah. This, huh. is, this is according to Chinaadmissions.com. Well, there so, you go. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> For someone can fact Because, yeah, look, look, it stretches, like I'm looking at the map now, it pretty much stretches from where Korea is yeah. all the way across to India, above India. That's massive. Go Surely. on, James. Surely. I trust my sources. Oh, do I? <laughs> do you? Do I? Oh, maybe not. Oh. No, see, yeah, no, no, you're right. I'm so right. So they do. They have Beijing time. Yeah. But in reality, and look at that. Oh, I was right. So there were five. There okay. should be five so time zones. There should be five, but Beijing just says no. No. There's one. <laughs> we're a How would you be if you were on the Western border? I know. Do they really care about the people on their Western border? I suppose the people on the Western border probably so. just keep their own time. Yeah, they're just like, we don't care what. Maybe they don't Beijing. have clocks. I don't know. If anyone's listening over there. I would there, love to go and visit go. like that area. Just be like, how do you guys, hey, do you just guys rise yeah, with the sun or yeah. like, what do you do? That's, yep. that's interesting. All right. Got a couple more. Yep. We know that like gunpowder was invented sure. in China. Paper was yes. invented in China. Did you know that ice cream was discovered in China? Some no. 4,000 years ago. No, no, 4, no. 4,000, yes. Get yes. lost. The Tell Chinese me about it. Chinese people back then combined milk, rice mixture and snow to create the yummy dessert. I'm I'm going to I'm going to say that I think some ice cream aficionados would say That's not ice cream. That's just an iced milk. Thank you very much. Oh, well, those <laughs> aficionados can go and take a leap because I call it ice cream. They and can jump in the Three Gorges Dam. <laughs> and it sounds better than any desserts they have there at the moment. Sure. Yeah. Um Couple more chopsticks were originally used for cooking, not eating. Yes, yep. yes. And I've seen people cook with chopsticks; they're so deft at it. They are. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. And um, they build a new skyscraper mm. every five days. Whoa. Yeah. That's and big. I remember thinking that, like, um, and I lived in a small, small city. It mm. had eight million people, but it mm-hmm. was known as a provincial city. Um, and I remember thinking, like, every time I went out, the skyline has changed. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. There you go. Some fun facts about China, guys. Excellent. Oh, well, I I hope you enjoyed this episode. I just wanted to say before we we go um, that um, some people have been doing their their Spotify wrapped for the end of the year. Yes. Um, And it was brought to my attention today that Mm -hmm. there are some people who have us as their top podcast for the year. 
Thank you, guys. Thanks, listeners. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Patrick Coleman, who wanted to be recognised as one of the people uh-huh. who, has, who has us as his top podcast. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. Awesome. Very All much. Right. All right. Uh, well, that's, that's how, how it came, came to, to this. this. As always, you can catch us by email at how did it come to this podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook at HDICTT Podcast. If you like the show, remember to leave us a review if you can. How Did It Come To This is written by Daniel Matters and Siobhan Doherty. Our producer is James Tuckwell, edited by Daniel Matters, and original music by Lachlan McWhirter. 1700? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was I almost, because did you know that there's this meme um, with- I love memes. Um, it's a, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Again, um, like- no, 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 this is, this is a Wait, laughing like, over my excitement of- memes? I love memes. Oh. I'll never hide my love for memes. So it's a song that, uh, it's like, it's called like, uh, Yijian Mei. And it's by a guy called Fei Yu Ching. Mm-hmm. And it's it goes like, xiao, xiao, piao, piao, and all the kids in year 12 know all the words to it. What? And it's like this pop song from the 80s. And I almost used it because I was like, oh, that's, that's going to be perfect. Yeah. Like I'll put that in. It's got a really good opening for it and stuff. Yeah. And then I found out he was Taiwanese and I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> I mean, we'll be controversial, but I don't think we want to be that controversial. No. <laughs>